Hey everyone, welcome to the Marriage Mistakes Experts podcast by Reverence Restored, where we share real and raw stories and practical tips to help your marriage thrive, not just survive. We are your hosts, Kevin and Bree Bailey. Let's go get them. We made it to episode one. Let's go. We're finally launching a podcast. <laughs> two years in the making, Come over on. two years now. Yeah. Over two years in the making, and here we are finally set up with a camera, with microphones, the computer, the board, the whole system is ready to go. I'm excited. Are you ready to go? I'm excited. I'm ready. I just want to introduce ourselves. Let's do it. I'm Bree Bailey. This is my husband, Kevin Bailey. We have been married almost 20 years this Wild. August, just a few months short. So Would you have thought back in 2003 when we got married that we would be talking about marriages trying to inject hope into other marriages on a podcast? No. Was podcasting even a thing back in 2003? Uh, Gosh, I doubt it. Maybe, maybe. only on like public like television. Howard Stern would have been huge <laughs> back then. Let's date ourselves. Howard Stern would have been large. He'd I was been... never allowed to watch Howard That's Stern. That's good. I was probably part of the problems that we've had. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh. Aww. There would have been... Larry King, so more of like the TV type of personality yeah. podcast. Yeah, but now it's all over and we're so Everywhere. excited to we jump are. in. Yeah. We're excited to jump in the game and contribute just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we can share with people hope about marriage yeah. and what not to do. We're, we're calling this the Marriage Mistake pod, Marriage Mistake Expert Podcast mm -hmm. by Reverence Restored. That's the name of our company where we do marriage coaching as well. Yep. And today on episode one, we're just going to share with everybody kind of who we are how we got here and why we care about marriage so much and what to expect moving forward. Yeah. So bear with us. We cannot wait to get started yeah. and just grow and learn. We've already learned a ton. What's the most challenging uh, aspect of it this far? So far has just been the overall well, technology, even though I'm decent with technology, it's just, it, it, there's a lot to it. The, the camera setup, the soundboards, the editing tools, mm -hmm. Just all of it in general. We've taken on a lot of it ourselves. We probably should have delegated a little bit more, but I like to learn hands-on. So the technology piece has been a challenge and then just uh, learning all of these new things that we've never done before. Yeah. I mean, we have a coach that we're we super do. excited to keep learning from. He's amazing. Super and grateful for him. Yeah. Just all of the people that have encouraged us over this yeah. last two years. I mean, I think of Capus for sure. Mike O'Connell, who's been a huge player in this game for us. Uh, Kappas Chatfield is our is our podcasting coach with Reveal Media has been awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, Kyle and Macy, some of our closest friends. Yeah. Matt and April, again, some of our closest friends. Yeah, tons of our friends. Yeah, super um, grateful for every yeah. one of them that encouraged us, helped us get here, have really just invested a ton in, in us as well. Yeah, we're super excited. Anybody I'm forgetting? Oh gosh, probably like everyone. Right Todd and Todd and Denise. Oh, Todd and we Denise. love our friends Roger, and pastors. Roger and Denise. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All of our friends. So super excited. And our kids. Our kids are excited. They. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they know what we're in for, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're super excited to be on this side of our marriage. Really, yeah. we have a lot to go. I hope we're married till we're 102. Till death do us part, baby. I know. I just got a picture of the notebook when they laid down to sleep together and they fell asleep and then they died. But anyway, so, um, went morbid all of a sudden here we are dying all this we're <laughs> episode one and we're all going to die. Let's go. Um, Only if Jesus is coming back. That's right. That's right. No, but we're so excited and we can't wait to learn and grow. We can't wait to learn 
what people want to hear, what topics they are interested in, yep. what they're encouraged by, issues that they're going through, because we know that marriages are on attack. And we didn't know that before, but the last handful of years, it's so evident, whether it's society, whether it's just, you know, just people in general, it's, it's an attack on marriage. So yeah. we're excited to give our, our nuggets wanna, of, of, of wisdom. We want to equip people, right? Yeah, help, sure. help marriages be equipped to win this battle. It's mm-hmm. being waged against marriage, whether it's culturally and uh, for sure, culturally, I mean, yeah. the, the, there's so many things going on in this world right now that make marriage a real challenge. Mm-hmm. And we want to give people the, we want to equip them with the tools to go out and win because for us, we didn't have them. Right. So really who we are, that's our story. We we've been married for almost 20 years, 20 years this year, and it hasn't always been bliss. No, it's been really rough for a lot of years. Yeah. The first 12 was our most chaotic at the end of that first 12 years was the most chaotic time that we had in our marriage. Right. Yeah. So let's just kind of break it down a little bit about, um, how we met. How we fell in love sure. a little bit. You're way better at those details. <laughs> well, women are details, yeah. but short story long or long story short. <laughs> we have as much time as you want, babe. Let it rip. Yeah. So we met really in the fall of 2000. I was just beginning nursing school and a friend of mine invited me over to a, a party at her house and I came over and there were a bunch of guys there and, and girls and you were one of them. Yeah. So just kind of met that first night. I was just starting nursing school. Reese, my daughter, our daughter, but Reese, my daughter was two at the time. And you really, after those first couple of months that we were like, okay, this is kind of fun. We're, we're having fun together. Let me introduce you to her. And yeah. So then you met her when she's about two and a half, three, we fell in love. We were busy. I we was were in, so young. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was 23. You were so I don't know. I was, I was 20. 20. When we met. Yeah. I don't even know. Was I 22? 21, 22? You were 22. Okay. Yeah. So then we dated for a couple years. We were both in school and fell in love, got married uh, in 2003. So we had no idea what we were getting into. No. We were attracted to each other. We loved each other. Such a smoke show. <laughs> we wanted to have a future together. And when we did our premarital counseling, I think we lied on every single thing. And we were like, but let's get married. So anyway, so fast forward, we were just having fun. We were young. All of our friends were getting married. And we we were just busy from the get-go and just tried to do everything the best we could. But that came with a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And we're just grateful to now have three kids. Yeah. Almost 25, almost 16, and almost 12. I don't know why I always say almost instead of the actual age, but they're they're growing and we get to be on this side of the story now, having walked through 20 years of chaos, growing up together, and now forging ahead for marriages. Yeah. And I wouldn't, 20 years of chaos, I mean, 20 years of marriage, I would say the first 12 were completely catastrophic. Yeah. We were married for the first couple of years. It was great. Honeymoon phase went on madly in love with one another. Couldn't wait. We didn't really argue dating at all. No. And then we get married and really move into, we had an apartment, moved into our first house together and I had a career and you had a career and we were both excelling fairly, fairly rapidly. I mean, we were moving up right within, Mm -hmm. within corporate America so things were good. We had making decent money. We were able to provide for our family very well. Everything was good on the outside. And that's kind of the way that we viewed marriage is how did we stack up 
compared to our friends. Yes. To what we saw within culture mm -hmm. at the time, very heavy in TV. And mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly what shows were out there, but there was just a lot of TV, a lot of outside influence like there is today. There's yeah. even more today with social media, but marriage isn't as mm -hmm. relevant as it was back then. In fact, you could find, you could argue that it, there's not very many mar good marriage shows out there right now. Yeah. So we're going through life. And we're learning how to be married by the things that are around us. Yes. Which we, at that time, we didn't know how to place things around us or people around us mm. that could coach us and teach us and model out. Both of our parents, our dads have both since passed. Mm -hmm. Mine passed during our most chaotic season. Yours passed when you were in... Uh, yeah, I was 15. Middle school, high school. Yeah, high school. Yep. So I've never actually met your father, but both of our parents were happily married. We grew up in the church, not necessarily part of the church, but within the church. And we just didn't have the type of marriage that we have today. We didn't have that modeled out for us. Yeah. No, I mean, we did. I mean, I was in Sunday school every Sunday, church every Sunday, did stuff on Wednesdays, youth groups, all the different things. Um, and I think you did too. Yeah. But it was just different. Maybe it was a different time. I don't, I don't know, but we both knew about God. We believed in God. We didn't know that God had a plan for us or our marriage. Yeah. And so we didn't inject him faith really into our marriage. It was all about, you know, what you could do for me and what I could do for you and how we are going to make money and yep. how we were going to have fun. And we didn't really look too far ahead besides what was right in front of us. And even though we loved each other so much when stuff kept happening and the same thing over and over, it was frustrating. Yeah. And there's, you know, we felt hopeless. I would go tell my friends. I'm not sure if you would tell your friends, but we, absolutely, we would just, it was a disaster. And then some of our friends started to get divorced. And so that was never really something that I even considered an option, but you know, no fault to them, but when you start seeing that and you start thinking, okay, well, that's an option, you start talking about it. When you have those knockdown, drag out fights, you say maybe we should just get divorced, and that kept coming. You know, that kept coming up. Yep. Um, but I don't think either of us really wanted to, but that was a way out, and that was what society tells you: if you're not happy, time to bounce. Kids will be fine. Yeah, it's all we knew. Mm -hmm. For because of our, we had, yeah, whatever's in your ear is going to steer, right? Show me your friends. I'll show you your yeah. future. And those are two things that we know now, but we didn't really know back then. And so as we saw marriages start to unfold and we saw the people that were around us kind of start to, their lives were changing considerably. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden we're starting to be like, well, okay, maybe this is okay for us to do too. So we started entertaining the idea. Maybe we should get divorced. Of course, it's 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night when we're in the midst of a knockdown drag out battle, like maybe we shouldn't be married anymore. Yeah. Or when I might be better off without him. Yep. You might be better off without me. Right. And yeah. a lot of times it would be when we're discussing finances or whatever, just the hot topics, right? Yep. Within a marriage, whether it be communication or the lack thereof, yep. intimacy, when mm -hmm. we talk about emotional physical and spiritual intimacy, mm -hmm. finances, and the way that finances ties in with those. I still get a little query, uh, qu oh. qu qu quivery, quivery <laughs> on finances. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. So we, well, when we would balance our checkbook, it would be a bottle of wine <laughs> or two, like every once a week we'd sit down and be like, oh my gosh, who spent this? Who spent this? Yes. We've got to get a budget together. Lack of communication, lack yes. of planning. So now 
moving forward, we'll talk about that a lot, but it, it's how do we have the weapons to win that particular battle so yeah. that we can win the overall war? Yeah, so let's fast forward. The first 12 years of our marriage were really, really awesome, really, really hard, and a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. And then bring us to 2015. So leading up to 2015, yeah, the first 12 years were much better than than the the year that we had where it was not. But we mm-hmm. spent seven years in counseling. Yeah. Off and on. Worked with a counselor together, separately. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple different ones, in fact. I think I, I had a personal one. You had a personal one. And we had the, the gentleman that we went to. And ultimately, we get to a spot where he tells us the best move is to just get separated. Yeah. And for me, that was the green light. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. We've, we've done this for so long. We've mm. gone back and forth. We've gone to counseling. We've tried this. He keeps saying, just listen. Just listen. Go to the blue chair. You guys need to... Like, all of these things that were behavior modification, but nothing felt like it was addressing the issues that we would have. We wouldn't walk out of there being like, oh, okay, now we've got the tools that we need to win this marriage. Yes, it was more like, well, that was bad. Let's sign up for next week and try to figure it out. We'll navigate. Yeah, make sure you book your appointment before you leave again. Yeah, and you know what? It was a licensed marriage therapist. We're not even dogging on him. It's just what culture says, what's acceptable. And you know, it was, it was hard. That's, that's what we thought we had to do though, to fix our marriage was to keep going until you got the green light to got green, green light to end this thing. He tells me, you know what? It's probably bad. It's probably time for you guys to separate. Cool. Deuces. I'm out. And so, yeah, that was in 2015, summer Mm -hmm. of 2015, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Spring, spring, summer. There was a lot of chaos in our life and our personal lives and our family life. And I mean, ultimately, it led to an extramarital relationship. So we had three kids at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shortly before that, I started sleeping on the couch, right? All of the basic things that happened, change passcodes on phones, just start shutting you, my spouse, Mm -hmm. out of my life and start building my own life. Trying to figure out, okay, what does separation mean? If we get separated, does that automatically mean that we're going to get divorced? And I don't, I'd have to go, I'd have to really think about, I mean, right when that started, there wasn't this extramarital affair taking place. There was, of course, yes, other women that were appealing. I was attracted to them because I, I didn't know better, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's not like I was automatically like, okay, let's get, div- we're going to get divorced because I'm in this other relationship. Perfect timing. Yeah. Got like the enemy's plan worked out perfectly. Put somebody into my life that was answering ever or filling every void mm-hmm. that I was, that was not being met at home. Yeah. And did that give me a license to go out and do this? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But we know now it takes two to tango, right? That's right. And when I found out about that, that was all I needed to justify and try yep. to control and point fingers at you like you were the issue. And so I remember though, processing through that with the next days, weeks, months, And I really was able, by the grace of God, to come to the spot where, you know what? I can't control what he did. Right. I'm not taking responsibility for that. But what can I take responsibility? And guess what? I had a ton that I could look back and say, wow, I really missed the boat in a lot of different areas. And you're right. It takes two to tango. And that was hard to say. But now it's one of the most important things that we want couples to recognize because it's, it's tough and we 
bounce off each other. We are connected, all the different things that goes into a marriage. But when one of us falls short, is the other one now going to come right. alongside and pick each other up as opposed to point fingers and, you know, kick them while they're down type thing. And what, know how to. Yeah. Like know yeah. how to do that, right? Mm-hmm. It's one thing to treat you or treat somebody like an employee or like a friend. Sometimes with an employee, there's not a choice. Yeah. It's either you listen or you look for another job, right? Yeah. A friend, you can say to that friend one thing, they don't have to take your advice and they don't have to listen to you and that, that friendship, the friendship dissolves you'll go find another friend. But with a spouse, we've got to learn how to communicate with Mm -hmm. them. And while you've got strengths and I have strengths and I've got weaknesses, you have weaknesses, we complement one another, not compete against one another. So how do we leverage those and how do we communicate my weaknesses to you Mm -hmm. so that you're able to help build me up in that area? But then we didn't know that. We didn't. And so that was the hard part because then it was like, I was pointing fingers at you, telling all my friends all the bad things that you were doing, saying all the things. And, you know, same, same thing with you as like, we were kind of just in that spot where it was honestly just waiting to happen. Yeah. But then God stepped in. Yeah. And let's look back up just a little bit. So during that, I ended up filing for divorce. Mm-hmm. I moved out, got separated, yeah. got my own apartment, moved out. And we go through the the first 30 days of that process is you, you get a you both get your attorneys, you go through that process, you get alimony figured out, get child support figured out, get housing, some of the bills taken care of between that time and when the divorce is going to be finalized or it's going to go mm-hmm. to be tried, whatever whatever the technical terms are for that. Yeah. But, so we went through that for about 10, 10 months or yeah. so, right? So 10 months of separation, you learning, you leaning into the Lord during that time frame. me leaning into partying and hanging out with the... Uh, with other people that were mostly divorced. Mm-hmm. So I'm surrounding myself with people that are filling me with what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. You're surrounding yourself with godly women who are not letting you date, not letting you go out and explore and go test the waters that would have ultimately probably drove that wedge. Cause for all sure. I, all I could wait for was for you to get a boyfriend. Like I hope she gets some, hope she just finds somebody that'll take care of her because then I've got green light to go do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. But thankfully you didn't do that because yeah. of the people that you surrounded yourself with. 100%. So that's when surrounded really became important to us. And mm-hmm. we were able to see the fruit of having people in your ear that are going to build you up, mm-hmm. encourage you, and hold you accountable to something for the first time because it, me filing for divorce really brought you to your knees. It brought me to my knees. I was devastated. Yeah. Because I... this was the last thing you and I expected. Yeah. Like we thought we'd be able to get through anything Mm -hmm. and we were just done. So that's what we signed up for. Yeah. I mean, we set our traditional vows and, you know, to having to hold through sickness and health, through richer for poor, through all the things. And I don't even remember if I even knew what that meant besides just rehearsing whatever the traditional vows were. But um, isn't that wild? You're so nervous. You go up there and like, (laughs) like, like, I guess, man, that's something for us to really think about and dig in. Like, I want to take some, I want to think about that a little bit, but just just to really unpack how many people really understand the importance of those vows. Mm. That's good. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, we could unpack so much of that. Like we planned so much for our wedding and didn't plan at all for our our marriage, for our life together. So true. But that's a whole nother podcast probably. Yeah. Um, Invest in a marriage that matters, right? Yeah. Spend so much on the wedding and then stop investing. Yeah. But so when, I mean, I could rehearse all the things that happened that were leading up to that week before I found out about uh, the actual infidelity Mm -hmm. and then how that transpired. But 
the couple weeks before that, I had kind of shared with a friend, hey, things are bad in our marriage. Things are bad. I don't know what's going to happen. Kevin thinks he kind of wants to move out. You know, we're just, I trusted a couple friends. And one of them was like, we're going to pray for your marriage. I need to get you in touch with someone who had helped her through some things in, in her life as a really great mentor. And I was like, I need her. Yeah. I, I need her. And so I thought, you know what? I Now I know it was the Lord who gave me this desire to fight for my marriage. What I didn't know was exactly how to fight. And I tried at all the different things that really pushed you away for a long time during that, that time period. But I got, yeah, I got in touch with a couple of women and a couple of friends who were battling in prayer. They weren't talking bad about you. They ended up knowing everything and they were still like, you know what? God can fix your marriage. We have some work to do. And that was so cool. I started telling my friends who were not saying that they were all doing the best they could, trying to support us, trying to support me, telling me I, I didn't deserve all these things. And in reality, that's when I started to think, wow, I have contributed to the breakdown of our marriage as well. There's no keeping score right now. He's doing this. I'm doing this. We're a hot mess trying to raise kids and work and do all the things. And we need help. And so, yeah, so I had, I was blessed to have women come alongside me battling in prayer, battling with all the freak out moments when I would call them and say, and now he's doing this, you know, it was, it was a lot. And I'm so thankful for them. And now it's one of our biggest honors when someone comes to us and says they have some stuff going on. One, to know that you're not alone. If you're going through trials in your marriage, you have to know that these trials are similar to what everyone else is going through. It's how you handle it. It's how you press in. It's how you fight even harder and really claiming the ground that this is my marriage and we're going to make it work and we're not going to be miserable. Right. I don't want to have a marriage that's going to be miserable. And that was, I think, one of the fears that we had once we kind of reconciled, like, how are we going to make it different? Because we don't want to go back to what we actually first had. Right. We want a new marriage with the same spouses. Yeah, that's so good. There's so many things in there that we can unpack, but I just, I really think about, it comes, one, one thing that you really said was these other people that came alongside you. I want to place some importance on the fact that there was no judgment yeah. on their part. And really, I think that's a lot of times, especially for men who battle with insecurity, which I found out that was something that I struggled with. I was able to cover that up with whether it was arrogant pride or fearful pride. I was able to cover that up mm-hmm. with success at work, with materialistic things, uh, lots of different areas, right? I was able to always battle that with like, okay, I'm going to just outdo this thing. I'll work harder. I'll strap up my boots and I'll go do this. I'll do this. I'll work on this. I'll take care of that. I got it. I got it. I got it. And so for guys, we come to it and we're afraid to open up a little bit because we're afraid we're going to be met with judgment. Mm. So I think it's really important that these people that were around you knew that this was a a no judgment zone, man. Mm -hmm. Like we've all got flaws. I've got boogers in my nose. We all do, right? That's one thing our pastor constantly says is, man, don't be judging other people's boogers in their nose. You've got your own boogers in your nose. Yeah. And it's so true. It is. It's dorky, but it's true, (laughs) right? It is. I mean, it's, but it's, it's, it's legit, right? It's It's in the Bible. Why look at the, the splinter in his eye when you've got a log in your own eye. Yeah. And so that part is so crucial for men specifically to know that are out there looking for help. If you're meeting with somebody and it appears to be judgment, really 
check your discernment with that because there shouldn't be. Yeah. And I hope that if, please forgive us if we've ever come across that way with anybody yeah. that's come to us where there's been judgment, there's not judgment. Our desire now is that we just, we know the position that they're in mm-hmm. because you were in this spot where like, okay, Lord, I'm broken. I need help. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there yet. You made a, a quick comment where you said you were starting to do things that were pushing me away further. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. But you were unmoved. You mm-hmm. were going to continue down this path because it was God's path. Yeah. It was the best plan for your life. And you were finding peace in that, even though it was continuing to push me away further. Mm-hmm. You were like, if it pushes him away, I've got to trust in the Lord through yeah. all of this and trust that his plan is better than my plan. Because you start saying things to me like, I f- will you please, <laughs> this was one of the most wild ones. I remember exactly where we were, but you were like, please forgive me for, and I'll paraphrase just a little bit here, but please forgive me for the, all of the times that I spent money and bought picture frames. <laughs> like you went into detail, of course, <laughs> who would have thought, but into detail of something specifically that you had bought because we'd fight about money all the time, right? Yeah. Uh, not all the time, but once in a while. All the time. Yeah. Was it? <laughs> I mean, for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. We just didn't have any goals. Right. And we had so no budget. We, were we just... would get a paycheck and be like, let's go do this. Let's go yeah. do that. And you know, didn't really have any planning. Yep. And so we know now that without a plan, you know, without goals, you know, plans fail. And so we, yes. Yes. 100%. If it was on sale, though, I bought it. And sure. Saving but a you, lot. you asked for forgiveness during this. And I'm like, what in the world? This is the dumbest thing ever. Why is she asking for, I don't care what you did with the money back then. In fact, I don't even want to be with you anymore. In fact, I don't even want to see you. So great. Thank you. Yeah. Walked off and was just like, what in the world? I probably even <laughs> told my buddies, like, she should have heard what she said. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the deal, though. I had encouragement to get a Bible. One of my mentors got me a Bible. I actually went to go look for a Bible before that. And I had one from like confirmation that was like dusty downstairs, which I didn't find till later. But I asked a friend, like, where do you get Bibles? Does does Barnes and Noble have Bibles? Do I have to go to a bookstore? Like, I had no idea. We would read scripture at church every Sunday in the bulletin. But yeah. I didn't even know oh, wow. much more than like John three sixteen, or, you know, I knew about characters in the Bible, about Noah and the ark and all the different things, but I didn't know Jesus. It's not wild. Yeah. The, and the, so, kid, the stuff you learn at the earliest age, right? Noah, yeah. Noah's ark, Moses. Yeah. yeah. Like the small things that you learn when you're a child. And then as you become adult, you just, an adult, you just miss out, man. Yeah. No, but so I, so someone gave me a Bible, I started learning I was encouraged in the Psalms and I think the book of John and maybe Proverbs, I can't remember, but I didn't even know where to look for certain things. And so here I am, I get this Bible from my mentor and she encourages me and she's like, let's go through it together. And so I started reading desperate what I could get because, you know, there's only so many keeping up with the Kardashians that you can watch and and get marriage advice and there's only so many realities great marriage advice that's what we were that's where we were going for our counsel at the time yeah how does scott and whichever one he dated oh my gosh anyway point being is they were married right no scott and that other chick i don't know i digress but the point is is i needed something solid yeah and i wasn't getting that anywhere else besides the bible yep um and gosh one of my favorite books is the power the uh the power of the praying wife by Stormy or or Mardian. I've never read it. Okay, I'm gonna say that again. Okay. One of my favorite books is uh, The Power of the Praying Wife by Stormy Omardian. I think is how you say her name. And 
I read that book faster than I've ever read a book. I had it uh, recommended to me when we were starting to go through our stuff. And I was like, wow, I need to pray for my husband. I'm mad at him. I don't, I don't, I have to pray for him. He's the one, you know, I started learning all these things about what God says about marriage from this solid book and the Bible. And I really was like, I need more of this. God was creating this stir inside of me where you need me, Brie, and you don't even know that you need me. And so I had encouragement from a couple different friends sending me scripture. And then I would go look it up and I was like, yes, that's great. I'd write it down and I'd learn about it. And then I, in my essence, my like desire to control though, I would kind of try to share that with you and you weren't wanting to hear it. And so, you know, part of that me pushing you away was still me learning like, okay, what do I need right now? God, is this for me? Am I supposed to share this with my husband? And most of the time I was just, I was still learning. But so I pushed you away, but I had this encouragement and that's what was the, the springboard for me to learn and grow and repent and all the things. Yeah. And you weren't intentionally pushing me away. You were Mm -hmm. just learning new things, thinking, okay, I'm going to share these with my separated, estranged husband and, and hopefully it will help draw him closer to the Lord. At the time, I had no desire to know mm-hmm. anything about the Lord. In fact, I was re- totally rejecting him and really was kind of living on this path of like, I, I guess I didn't really know too much about the difference between heaven and hell. Um, thinking back and what I know now intellectually, I would say that, yes, I, I still probably thought I was going to heaven, but I didn't really care if I was going to hell because I didn't know if hell existed, but I know that hell can't exist unless there's heaven. So mm. knowing what I know now, I don't really know. I was just YOLO, right? I was living my life yep. for me. And figured, whatever, I'm, I'm not going to die right now. But if I do, I do. And so I wasn't too worried about it. So fast forward to, we're separated for 10 months. We go through a nasty deposition. And we decide during that, that, okay, this divorce is going to get finalized. But something was starting to change in my heart a little bit. I felt bad for you the first time during that process, mm-hmm. only because I had seen the, the paper trail of the catastrophe that we were living in in mm-hmm. the moment, the tragic event that we were living in. It became real. It became real, right? Things are on both sides of the table. My attorney, your attorney, back and forth, dividing up assets, figuring out, okay, what to, what's this going to look like? Mm-hmm. And then just seeing the seeing that visually play out on the table in front of you, you're just like, whoa, what in the world? So uh, something was starting to shift, but nothing major yet at this point. So this was in... March or middle of March mm-hmm. of 2016. Yeah. And then the few weeks later, I decide that I'm going to reach out to you and see if we can meet. And we do. We meet at a Panera Bread on April 1st. So I picked the best day ever to do this, <laughs> April Fool's Day. Not really thinking about the date in general, but shoot you a note and say, hey, can we meet? Uh, I'd like to talk to you. Yeah. And if I could take you back through that. Yeah. I had been like my friends had been praying for opportunity for you. They had been praying for opportunity for us that God would just do a miracle. And I was tired. It was 10 months of me trying all these new things. And I think I got to a point where, you know what? The way I was before in my marriage wasn't working. The way I am now is not working. Should I just give up? Wow. And I had a couple people reach out and say, oh, I have this friend of a friend who is a great guy and I think you guys, I would love to set you guys up. And every time, I think it was two or three times, I got the pit in my stomach 
felt like I was going to throw up and I had to say, I know that this is going to sound crazy, but I want my husband. Wow. I want my marriage. And God really gave me, God really gave me this desire to fight for you, even though it was terrible and uh, you were terrible. To yeah. Me. And no I, doubt. And like, I was complete jerk. I, I was flabbergasted most of the time, but God gave me this desire. And so even though it didn't make sense, uh, I would say, no, I want my husband. I'm, I'm still praying for a miracle. And I'm sure I sounded loony. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't matter because I knew I was learning that even if we got back together, I had learned so much about God in that short time that I loved and craved. And so I knew, God, even if you don't restore this marriage, I know you have plans for me. I don't know if I'm going to like them, but I know you have plans for me. And so I would cling to a couple scriptures, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Nothing made sense. Right. And I just had to keep trusting in God, trusting in God. He was doing little miracles throughout the way. I was learning that he was speaking to me, that he was showing up in different areas and ways. And I was almost like, is that God? Does he know me? Does he know what I'm thinking? And it was so encouraging. And so that day when you wanted to meet, I texted my friends right away. Y'all need to pray right now because I'm going to meet Kevin tomorrow and I'm scared to death because I figured you were going to tell me that things were advancing with your relationship or something because our deposition was just a few weeks prior. So anyway, so we met that day. I had prayer warriors praying. And when we sat down, you looked different. You sounded different. The way that you looked at me was different than the hate and the meanness and the control really the previous 10 months. Mm -hmm. And so I was really excited and I was just Mm -hmm. trying to be quiet, not knowing what was going to happen. And and then what'd you say? I sat, we sat down at Panera Bread and really the first thing that came out of my mouth was, I'm sorry for all of the pain and chaos I've caused this family. And you said, I forgive you, mm-hmm. which was wild because yeah, you had for, asked for forgiveness for picture, picture frames and things like that. But <laughs> this was big. Yeah. And so for the first time I was just like, what in the world? And you said to me, I want to put this marriage back together, but I I'm only going to do it if we can do it with the Lord at the center of it. And I'm like, okay, but I don't even know what that looks like. And the only way I'm going to do it is if we can go on this journey together. And you were like, yeah, yeah let's do it. Mm-hmm. So Talk, right? Small talk, figuring out what that mm-hmm. looked like. Not really, I don't, we probably did, I don't even really remember. We didn't go into a lot of details then. We just kind of connected and talked a little bit about what that looked like. And so that was on a Friday. And then here comes the weekend. I've got the kids that weekend. I'm still in the apartment by myself. And the person that I was with was out of town. So there was an opportunity, right? The Lord made a way. And during that time on that Sunday, I decided to come, I reached out to you and said, Hey, I think I'm going to come to church with you this weekend. Yeah. And this is a new church that I had started going to. I wasn't really getting a lot from the prior church. I actually reached out to kind of the staff there. They didn't know me per se because I wasn't super involved, but I reached out and all they could really offer me was divorce care and God bless them. I'm not saying anything, but I, I needed that was in the early stages and I needed something to cling to and bless their heart. They all they could honestly do was offer me support, but offer me 
when the next divorce care class. Yep. And I, I guess I don't know what I expected out of them, but I needed something different. So I was invited. Wasn't an, Divorce wasn't an option for no, you. No, no, no. I was going to hold on to that as long as I could. Yeah. The hope that we would turn and become back together. But so I was, you know, got connected with um, another friend and a new friend. And she invited me to her church and it was a Bible teaching church, non-denominational. And I was learning and soaking everything up yeah, and being convicted all the time, not condemned, but convicted like on all the things God was just so tender with me, but also direct. And so yeah. I knew that when we decided to make it work that day at Panera, I was like, I got to call my mentor because I didn't know what else to do. And I didn't want to screw it up. Yep. And so I, you know, thankfully was able to reach out to a couple people and um, still get support. So when you wanted to go to this new church, I was a little freaked out that you weren't going to like it that Sunday. So when you reached out, but it was the church that you were already going to. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, Oh child, I don't know if if he's going to like that. Totally different than any church you were, (laughs) at least that I had ever been in up until that point. Yeah. You had started going to a couple other non-denominational churches or uh, evangelical churches and this one in particular was part of the Calvary Chapel, Calvary mm-hmm. movement from the, the Greg Laurie movie, Jesus Revolution, Chuck yeah. Smith. And so an entirely different church than the ones that you and I had grown up in, where I grew up in a well, Lutheran church, more traditional. Yeah. You mentioned earlier the Bible. We had we didn't really read it on our own. No. And more of this religious routine, no knock on that church, because we could have gotten things out of it had we our heart been in a position to, mm-hmm. to receive, right? Yeah, but so when you, the point is, when you said, I'm, I think I'm going to come to your church, I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. I These crazy people have their hands in their air and they're <laughs> screaming around and yeah. And loving Jesus yeah. and loving everyone who yeah. walked in. And so I called my friend and I said, okay, Kevin's coming to church. And she's like, okay, I'm going to be praying. So Who I, was that? Cheryl Stash. Okay. Yep. She told a couple other people. I felt like the whole church was praying yeah, Van- for us. I remember Vanessa being there. I remember Cheryl being there too, but I kind of mm-hmm. forgot about Cheryl. And, and Denise. I mean, people were praying. We had a guest pastor that day. Yep. And which, if I'm being honest, I was also, I, I was learning so much to give up control. And I knew that those 10 months before, I knew that if I could just set you up with the pastor, that you guys would hit it off and everything would be great. And he was going to tell you all the things that you were doing wrong. And then we were going to have a great marriage. And a friend of mine said, Brie, God already knows who is going to be the one to speak truth to Kevin. And she was right. And so we have a guest teacher that day and I was disappointed. I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I've been waiting for Pastor Todd to be the one to hit Kevin up, you know, a side of the head and, get everything straightened out and he's not even teaching today and God knew better. And what was the message on that day? The woman at the well from John four. So for the first time I I heard the gospel message, at least in a language that I could understand Mm -hmm. it, that that it it hit me. And of course my heart was softening and, and it was God's timing, not, not your timing or my timing. Uh, God wanted me to be there that day, had a seat saved for me. I walked into this church, which is, which was in a high school at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's all set up and loud music. And it really was, I mean, crazy worship as you would, as I would expect today, hands in the air and people going for it and just absolutely loving Jesus. There's bass and all kinds of fun stuff going on. So it was a party and I'm like, all right, this is cool. But sit down and Pastor Frank Ramsour from Calvary Chapel Chattanooga was in Mm -hmm. town and shares a message from John Ford, the woman at the well. 
and he's sharing it in a way that's just totally describing what it means to be a man for the first time, God, God's design to be a man mm. and what it means to desire a legacy and to leave a legacy that matters mm. and how you can have everything in the world, but yet you can still have this Jesus sized hole in your heart. And until, until he fills that, you're always going to have a void. There's nothing that you can fill that with other than him. And the visual that I got, and I think it's been described to that is that that game when you're a young kid, that's the like hexagon shape and you put the square yeah. in the square, the circle in the circle. And it's this God-sized hole that you've got to just match up perfectly with him waiting to be filled. So for the first time I'm hearing about this and I'm hearing about the gospel message. I knew Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was the gospel. The gospel, mm -hmm. according to Mark, <laughs> was what I had heard in my voice yeah. or heard in my mind for all of these years. But now I was hearing it and it was coming alive. The God's word was reading me sitting there that day. So ultimately I make the decision to give my life to the Lord that day. I'm saved that day mm -hmm. and had no idea what that meant. Left a puddle of tears in my seat and up at the altar and ultimately give my life to the Lord and start down this path of, of a new life. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. He replaced my heart, my cold and stony heart, gave me a new heart. I was being transformed. My mind was starting to be transformed. So immediately I jump into a small group mm -hmm. uh, only because it, somebody was like there to offer it, right? The yeah. power of a small group, the power of an invite offers a small group. And I'm like, sure, I might as well go because we had come this far and I didn't want to give up now. Mm -hmm. And I, you had said to me, we're only going to do this if the Lord can be the center of it. And so we, I, I jump into a small group and start hearing, start seeing that there's other dudes out there that have the same struggles that I have, Yeah. whether it be in business, whether it be in life whether it be with marriage, with parenting, mm -hmm. all of the things that all of us are faced with every day, I thought I was alone. Yeah, I thought I was the only one battling these insecurities and I didn't know how to fix any of them. Mm -hmm. All I knew how to do was work harder. Yeah, So I would work harder and get another promotion. Oh, satisfied that one. Oh, make more money, take care of that problem. Guess what? We just spend more money. Mm -hmm. All of these things I was always able to work out of, but up until this point, now I had gone through this about 11 months at this point of things weren't like the void was there, but nothing was filling it. Mm. And so get surrounded. And then we go on our journey towards restoration. Yeah. And then everything was perfect after that day. The story, fairy tale ending. <laughs> and so really that's the end. No, just kidding. Um, everything just started to pile up even worse at that point. We went through, we went through a heart care process, which was absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. like I had freedom, all of these things we had. Yes, I still wanted our marriage back, but like I, I didn't, now it was gonna take not just work, but it was gonna take energy. And I accountability. Was, accountability. And, and the life that I had been living up to this point was certainly not the same one that I had been living when we were together because I started to put privacy in place when we were together. Now I didn't have to have this privacy. So now I'm not just removing the privacy, but inviting in accountability to the privacy and everything's falling apart from the standpoint of like, what in the world have I just committed to? And we almost threw it, I almost threw it in the ditch again and just said, no, let's not yeah. do this. Yeah. But God had a plan. He did. And I'm so grateful because again, we had the outside counsel. Yep. We had our mentors encouraging us and saying, do not give up. I know specifically my mentor said, God didn't bring you this far to give up on you now. Yeah. And so 
continually I was learning to give up control. I don't have all the answers. God does. And so if God created our marriage, he created my husband, he created me, he is worthy enough to trust in him, even when it makes no sense. I came back to that scripture, Proverbs 3, 5. I learned, you know, other scriptures, Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has a plan for me, not for harm, but for good. And so I just really had to keep developing my relationship with God, even though things with us were getting better, but we had some setbacks yeah. and then getting better and having some setbacks. And I think people are tempted to give up. Yep throw in the towel, they're tempted to tap. And, you know, we, we know that there's fruit ahead of us if we just keep putting in the work, if yeah. we keep trusting, if we get our eyes off of each other and focus on God, because I'm not going to win my husband. Ladies, you're not going to win your husband by controlling everything he does. Everything he sees, thinks there's freedom, there's free will. And all I could be accountable was my own actions. Our our mentor Roger always says, "Your response is your responsibility." Yep. And we still isn't, use that. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. You know, and it, it is with our kids. It is with our coworkers, with our friends. Our response in any situation is our responsibility. And the minute we get our eyes off of God and off of ourselves, we start focusing on everything else that everyone yep. else does wrong, and it's not going to end well. But um, yeah, so that's that's kind of our short. Yeah. Short story. But I would say one thing, because you kind of said we were, I mean, we were still a disaster, but we yeah. were on the right path. We were learning the right things. We were yeah. learning how to communicate and it was super uncomfortable. We were yeah. learning how to ask for forgiveness. Super uncomfortable. We were learning how to, uh, I was learning how to be a spiritual leader within the home. Super uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. How to have emotional conversations with you about feelings, about the way that I felt and not comfortable, right? Vol <laughs> extremely vulnerable and mm -hmm. raw and real. And I do struggle with insecurity. So when I would open up to you with these things, I'd be like, oh my gosh, am I, am I opening up a wound that all of a sudden she's going to pour salt or gasoline in this thing? Mm -hmm. And it's going to hurt like heck. And it had to be like this, this position of trust to say, okay, even if it does, I have to have grace that if she snaps back or mm -hmm. uses it against me later, I have to have grace to know that that's not her intent because she knows my heart. And the last thing she wants to do is break my heart. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. or she doesn't want to break me down. We have to learn what it's like. So it was trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, breaking, falling down again, falling flat on our faces time after time after time. And then slowly you start to fall a little bit less mm -hmm. and fall a little bit less. And all of a sudden you start to get more comfortable. And then you're, you get even to the spot of like, okay, I'm extremely comfortable having these conversations and then there starts to be this real breakthrough. Yeah, and I think the way we describe it to couples now during our coaching sessions and just our friends, it's like you're going to have issues in your marriage. Yep. And we were on a roller coaster ride for the first 12 years of our marriage. And that first little NICU baby period after yeah. we got back together, we were a about, lot of highs and a lot of lows. six months of that little... Yeah, yeah. You know, we... So now we tell couples, you're still going to have those, but it's going to be a smoother ride. It's going to be more like little hills, little valleys, not huge, you know, tall mountains, yeah. deep, deep valleys. And so that was so encouraging because if you go into marriage thinking that you're going to be perfect, that your spouse is never going to fail you, that your kids are always going to say, yes, mom, I love you, that you're never going to have issues with that work or with 
you know, finances or issues within your extended family, with your intimacy. If you go into it thinking we're not going to make it because we have these issues, you're going to fail. Yeah. And people need to know that marriage is tough, that you're going to have these issues, but with the right people around you, with the right sound advice, the sound wisdom, the right guardrails in place, you are going to have, you know, smoother, smoother ups and downs. Yep. And so that's just super encouraging because are you going to have a big knockdown, drag out fight? Maybe you hope not, but you hope that you can be quick to forgive, yep. quick to come back together and say, I blew it. It's we both grew in so much humility. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's what we're so excited to tell people now that, you know, it hasn't always been easy, but there's nobody that I would rather go through life with as my best friend. We weren't each other's best friends yeah. for, for years. Now we are. We are. And uh, we still have good best friends. We do. I don't know if, if you can have a lot of best friends, but you can have a lot of great friends. And you're my best friend. Yep. And so going forward, so we went through this period. And yeah. then going forward, we, had, we just had to relearn how to do, uh-huh. really how to, not relearn, learn. Learn. Learn how to do marriage. And so that's the hope that we want to inject to other people. We want to give them some of the same handles. You mentioned mm-hmm. guardrails. And those are so important to a healthy marriage. Yeah. You've got to have guardrails. We didn't have those in place before. You've got to have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same thing, but there's there's some there's some differences between guardrails and boundaries. You've got to know how to communicate with one another, mm-hmm. how to have a conversation about intimacy, whether it be physical, emotional, or spiritual intimacy. You've got to know how to have a conversation about finances. And we just want to be able to share with people what's worked for us, what didn't work for mm-hmm. us, and give them some tools to go out and win. You have to have a communication about how to communicate. Yep. <laughs> you know, that's that's our in our, our first foundational night with our couples. We talk about communication. And that's the easiest thing and the hardest thing to fix at the same yeah. time. And so, you know, couples who just can't communicate or maybe used to communicate and now they just don't. They sleep in separate beds or their their shifts at work are different and they're just constantly missing each other. Their kids are, you know, crazy and awesome and you just are like a hamster on a hamster wheel and someone's gotta jump off and say, Let's do it differently, you know? And that shows humility, that shows leadership, that shows so much of what we didn't have before. Right. Um and you know, I heard a couple talk about uh, fidelity fences. That's another name for guardrails. And what works for our marriage, our fidelity fences, what are our guardrails, our boundaries, our non-negotiables in life, they may be different from our neighbor yep. or from our best friends. And that's awesome. What works for us, works for us. And we're always going to be constantly evaluating, is this an area where we need to shore up a little bit? Is this an area maybe of temptation? or an area of um, opportunity that may not end well, you know, am I going down a path with whatever that I don't see as an issue, you know? And so you can come alongside me and the same for me. So fidelity fences, boundaries, guardrails, whatever you want to call it. um, It's important to have those in your marriage. And we discussed that as well. Yep. So this is why we care so much about marriages. This Mm -hmm. is why we're here. This is the conversations we want to have is we're going to bring Practical, practical applications to how to do marriage and, and win the war that's being waged mm-hmm. against marriages. We want to see families go out and win, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, husbands and wives coming together, creating a legacy that matters, mm-hmm. 
building a marriage that matters <laughs> and really just going out and changing the communities that we're in. Because we know that if a marriage is strong, the house is strong. If the house is strong, the city's strong. If the city's strong, the state can be strong. And that just spreads. Mm -hmm. And we can really start to see a shift in this culture if people start putting an emphasis back on marriage. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be this daunting task. It, is it work? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But if you're out for the challenge, it's so worth it. Yeah. Because it's too easy to hit the divorce button today and just end a marriage. In fact, I, it can be done in just a few months now. Yeah. And that's that's just so tragic to think about. Yeah. I want to say going forward, we do talk about marriage. We talk about how marriage can be redeemed and restored mm -hmm. and how you know, we want to inject that hope. We have some good friends and, and even family that have been divorced. Absolutely. And, you know, our heart is never to make anyone feel like they're a failure right. because they're not. And there's circumstances that people have chosen that have led to divorce. Yep. And so we know that God will redeem. He may even redeem your marriage. If you've been divorced, he may redeem that. I know it sounds crazy, and if that's not his plan for you, we can stand strong that he will redeem your life no matter what. Correct. And so, you know, going forward, we just always want to be sensitive to that yeah. too and say, you know what, we're praying for you. We we know that God can do miracles. Uh, but like the song says, but even if he doesn't, God, you know, we can still trust in you. Yep. And so that's just a little, little thing. No, that's really good. That's but for really us, good. We're, we're glad that we didn't. We Yeah. Yeah, we could have been a statistic really easy. And yeah. I'm glad that we've got, we took the path that we did. Mm -hmm. So what to expect on future shows will be us rapping about these, uh, these ideas, these topics, some of the mistakes that we've mm -hmm. made over the years and how we, <laughs> how we battle those. You've heard quite a few of them today, but believe me, the list goes on and on and on. And it still continues to grow because we don't have this all figured out yet. So yeah. we're going to learn together. Yep. We're going to learn with you. We hope to learn from you as well. The best way we can do that is by you providing us with some feedback. Feel free to share this with other listeners, anybody that mm -hmm. might benefit from it, anybody that needs a little injection of hope in their marriage, share it yeah. with them. Um, yeah. So be, so we want to be honest yep. and be authentic. We do. And, you know, yeah, share what has worked for us, share what we know has worked for other couples, invite people to come alongside us in our coaching plans. If that's something that you're interested in, we want to have some great guests and friends on our podcast. We already have a list. We do. A list to go. We hope to bring people on quite frequently. So yeah. we're, we're really looking forward to that. Yeah. So if your name was on early on, you might be one <laughs> of those people on our list. Yeah. And other awesome yeah. marriages out there too. Mm -hmm. We just, we want everybody to be able to learn from the people that we do life with. Yep. Because we, we've surrounded ourselves with some amazing people that have amazing marriages. And um, it's so important to have community. Yeah. And we yeah. want to invite you guys into the community as well. So whether you're single in a relationship right now, looking to be married, you're part of our family, man. And we just want you to know that you're welcome here. And hopefully this provides value to you. Yeah. So grateful for you. Love you too, babe.